Welcome back to the Graham McGuffin Podcast. There are only 12 days left until Christmas, and that means more terrible Christmas music and sappy holiday movies than any person should have to endure. In an effort to combat this festive good cheer, for the next 12 days, we'll be giving you some alternates to the traditional 12 days of Christmas. Don't shoot, man! You're gonna turn it into a war zone! What is that? Is it tickets? Is that tickets? No, it's cat food! It's cat food! I just distract them! Hello, I'm Morgan Rodner, and with me, as always, is David Brown. Hey, hey, hey. Or should it be ho, ho, ho? <laughs> and capping off our day nine movie choice, District Nine. I remember when this came out, it was sort of like a like a, a sleeper sci-fi movie that, you know, from a director nobody ever heard of, from an actor that nobody had ever heard of. But, you know, Peter Jackson's name was attached to it, and Lord of the Rings was still something big in 2009 because it hadn't been, you know, gone all that long. So right. King Kong, I think, had just come out. So Peter Jackson was still a, a, the household name that he still is. So it was sort of this this kind of creepy-looking alien movie apartheid-type deal. And it was right. also set in South Africa, which I guess made it more poignant. And it starred... Uh, Alice is Charlto Copley. Uh-huh. So with with this movie, uh, the guy that directed it, uh, Neil Bloomkamp, he was one of Peter Jackson's uh, cinematographers for Lord of the Rings, and he had done a short film, I think under the same title, that had to do with a similar story of like an alien species being essentially put into concentration camps um, in South Africa, because that's where he's from. Uh And Peter Jackson really loved the idea and wanted to run with it. And, you know, the one thing about Neil Blomkamp is because he's a cinematographer, he understands looks and stuff. So colored palettes and wardrobe choices and tack and like he he made sure that he was absorbed into their whole world of pre-visualization of what this universe was going to look like. Um, And it was very definitive, probably one of the more definitive films he's done, because I think every other film he's made after that was something that was trying to compete with District 9. Sure, like uh, like Elysium. For Elysium was District 9. Yeah. I mean, even down to, I mean, it was supposed to be like L.A., but it was clearly South Africa. Like, yeah. you know, like we understand. We get we it get like how you class, work. You know, class warfare. It's, it's, right. It's mostly what it's about. But one thing I really enjoyed about District 9 was, you know, we're, we're talking about aliens, you know, outer space aliens, you know, landing on Earth. And he didn't try to even make them sort of look humanoid. You know, nope. this wasn't like a Star Trek kind of alien. They were, they were completely foreign looking. They were essentially like crickets. Well, yeah, and not only that. Oh, I always saw them as cockroaches, and they even referred to them as prawns. You know, like uh, like seafood. Yeah. Um, but the fact that they don't speak English, they have their own language. That's you know, uh, it just sounds like noises to us. And there's no translators, which I thought was great because that means that you have to create a, a language. I mean, not only for the alien race, but you have to find some way for your main character to be able to communicate with these these alien bug creatures and make them feel just as human or, you know, whatever their species is. Have that sort of uh, societal and civilized ability, yet we're dehumanizing them. And I know that doesn't quite make sense because they're aliens. Sure, but... It totally makes sense because, you know, again, I think it's obviously another nod to South African apartheid. Sure. But you definitely, it, they're definitely dehumanized. And our our character to start with, Vickers, is actually... He's, he's a, a dick. Yeah, he's a shitty guy. Yeah. He works for, like, the uh, the alien authorities sort of a deal. Um, he's with, like, uh, like the immigration... Yeah, whatever, exactly. Whatever and, is, yeah. you know, yeah, he's... 
he we we slowly start finding out that this has all been a cover for like the government to try and figure out how to use the alien technology. Of course, and what it always comes down to is weapons. Yeah. yeah, and you know, Vickers slowly starts becoming. Well, well, he he's involved in something where he gets like basically Sprayed. injected with their their DNA or yeah. sorts, and so slowly basically starts morphing into one of them. And so it almost becomes like a chase movie after that because he's trying to figure out how to make this stop. He he's he's also trying to evade the authorities that he used to be a part of. All sorts of terrible things are going on, and you know the District Nine is physically referring to the the area where the aliens are kept right. is essentially just like a shanty town. Yeah, it is. It's it's a uh, it's their little pieces of sheet metal that they've compiled and they pretty much just turned them into for lack of a better word like roach dens yeah and it's it's really you know it's really heartbreaking actually to see them them living in the, these conditions but also you slowly start to realize that it's almost like there's a hive mind thing going on they're not all you know they're sort of it's sort of like these aliens are part of a beehive right. but they're all drones and they're just kind of not doing anything hanging out and you know, there's obviously some one of them there that's like the big mind the one that's in charge of everything the one that can fly the ship and understands all the technology and we slowly realize that that's a main character prawn that's that's basically been hiding from his, the authorities this whole his, time his name is Christopher yes <laughs> and so we we kind of get this this secondary supporting character in this, yeah. and it's obviously all CG and all subtitled character, sure. but it's still very well. Also, and that's one of the I think that relationship, if for nothing else, is important for one reason that it adds the sentiment of these are I'll say human beings, even though they're not human beings, but they're creatures that are definitely sentient, sentient and of beings, similar yeah. intelligence, if not higher. Um, Christopher has a son and he'll do anything to protect his son. So when we see him outwardly, you know, shield himself in front of weapons in front of his kid, we, we start believing that what he stands for is a lot more important than what Vickers is and represents. Even though Vickers goes through this horrible experience of transforming into a prawn himself, you still feel like, uh, it's like calling out slavery almost. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, you know, I feel bad for, like, the white guys that uh, you lost all that money. No. You feel bad for the people that got put into bondage and got taken advantage of for labor, skill, tech, whatever you want to put it in. That's that this scenario. And once we, and just in true fashion, uh, the movie ends on a climactic finish where we do get to see alien tech charged up. And being used. And being used. We Mech get to suits, see, all sorts oh, of weird looking guns. I mean, we, we finally get to see the spaceship. I mean, like, there there's things that I think a lot of people that saw this movie initially uh, have been wanting to see again in the form of a sequel. And I don't think we'll ever get that sequel. But then again, that may be a good thing. I agree. Because the ambiguity itself may be enough. It's solid enough. I yeah. agree. So uh, this, you know, this year when you're thinking, hey, you know, I'm really tired of Santa. I think I want to see a bunch of bug aliens and I want to see some mech warriors kick ass. Well, I think you're thinking of District 9. Happy Christmas. Be sure to uh, check out our next episode, guys, for number eight on the Grandma Guffin Christmas movie list.